Hello everyone, this is Tommy at World at War Comics, and today we have another amazing guest, but before we get into that, you know what to do, hit that subscribe button, make sure you hit the ring bell, that way you get notified every time we drop another interview, um, and that way you stay up to date with everything that we're doing on the podcast. All right, this podcast is brought to you by cienchiles, dot com. the best hot sauce you could buy. Go to cienchiles.com, use comics at checkout. You will save 15% off your entire order. It is also brought to you by Comic Crusaders. This is the best in comic book, movie, even music reviews. Go to comiccrusaders.com. You'll find me there as a contributor and a whole host of amazing professionals that are bringing amazing reviews to you every single day. All right. I'm really excited about this. One of my favorite writers, Robert Venditti, is joining us today. Um, he has written one of the best runs of Green Lantern, um, the best run of Hawkman. In fact, Hawkman changed forever after he wrote it um just absolutely incredible writer exo man of war if you like valiant comics um valiant comics is what it is because of robert venditti um, and not only that check out what he has going on right now he has his brand new comic book savage squad six if you're not reading this you're missing out i mean no one survives it's absolute incredible comic book um and you would expect nothing less from a robert venditti all right without further ado here's robert and i enjoy well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the World at War Comics podcast. I have veteran, amazing writer, Robert Venditti. I am so happy to talk to you, my friend. Very excited. Big fan of all your work. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. When I when I uh, reached out to you and you, you uh, responded, I immediately got back into Hawkman again. <laughs> Not that you don't have other great work, but man, the whole Hawkman series just changed everything for me my friend i mean your storytelling in that has been absolutely fabulous robert um man i i guess you probably did everything that you can do with hawkman um and the i think it was 26 issues uh, 29. Yeah, 29 29 issues yeah. yeah but uh man i i mean you were i mean i think everyone talks about hawkman and the impact hawkman has had on them um, what kind of impact has Hawkman had on you? Because I feel like of everything I've read, this is the one that's had the biggest impact on me. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's hard to say, you know, yeah. uh, it's definitely something that a lot of people still talk to me about to this day. You know, um, I don't know that it necessarily, you know, does as much for your career as like Green Lantern does or something. Right. Because there's yeah. just not, not as many Hawkman fans to begin with, you know? Right. Right. Um, but I'm enormously proud of it, you know, and, and when, uh, when Brian Hitch, uh, were first asked about doing the book, you know, one of the big motivating factors for us is we felt like it was a character that there was an opportunity to do some defining things with and kind of put together a defining run. And at this point in mainstream comics, there's so few characters that don't have that defining yeah. run, you know, yeah. um, you know, Green Lantern has them, Flash has several of them, you know, yeah. Batman has several of them. Yeah. And so we really hoped that we would be able to do something with the character that would become like a defining run. And, you know, we're both very pleased with how, you know, even years later, people still go back to it and talk about it. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're both very proud of it. So uh, I'm glad that people enjoyed it as much <laughs> as we're making it. You know? Yeah. I mean, you should be very proud of it. Um, you know, we grow up, I grew up, you know, I'm almost 50 now. So I, I certainly remember watching justice league. 
um, as a kid and seeing Hawkman, but he was always very mysterious to me, right? We knew he died a lot. <laughs> we knew a lot of those type of things, yeah. but uh, it wasn't until your run that I felt like he was really defined for the reader. I don't know if you hear that a lot from other people, but that was certainly my experience. Um, I think that, I don't know. I'm just texting my wife. I heard her coming downstairs and I just, Oh, no worries. <laughs> I want to text her and be like, I'm on an interview. So she has to start. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say that a lot of fans out there, uh, were already huge Hawkman fans, you know, yeah. for me, yeah. I didn't start reading comics until later. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't grow up reading them. I didn't know anything about Hawkman really, except the visual that I recognized from cartoons. Yeah, and that he had a reputation for being the most confusing character in all the comics. <laughs> right. That really appealed to me because, yeah. um, as a writer, you know everybody has holes in their game. You know, but mm -hmm. I feel like one of my strengths is an ability to take something that already exists yeah. and kind of figure out a way to make it work in a way that it hasn't before, you know, it's something mm -hmm. I did uh, for the first time in Valiant with the relaunch of Exomana War. You know, I really built out this mythology for the character and uh, this background and these motivations and things, you know. Uh, so with Hawkman, I saw an opportunity that if, if I could figure out how to make him not confusing, fix him in a sense. Right. That was the really the really big challenge to me, and so that first night when I sat down and I was reading about the character, knowing nothing going in, mm -hmm. I'm reading about him on Wikipedia, and of course there's two different entries because there's one for Carter Hall, the Golden Age version, right? And there's one for Katar Hall, the Silver Age. Yep. <laughs> so as I'm reading them, I go, "Well, I get it. He reincarnates across time and space, mm -hmm. and the the space cop is the same guy as the art as the ancient Egyptian archaeologist." Right. That's not what ever happens in the comics, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was my initial thought because I had no preconceived notions of what Hawkman was or what those continuities were. Once I found out that that wasn't what happens in the comics, I said, "Well, then I think that's how to fix it," you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, very easily in that first issue that Brian and I did, he did this big double page spread where, <laughs> um, you know, with just a few captions, you know, yeah. basically explains everything that's happened. Yep. And it's all one thing. And he says, I reincarnated across time and space. And it was like, boom. And then we were on for yeah. that. And going into it, we didn't know how people would take it because it is yeah. a big change to the character. Yeah. Um, but I remember those first, that first day as that issue hit the stands and the reviews started coming in and people were dumbfounded. <laughs> you know? Like, I can't believe these guys fixed Hawkman with two <laughs> words. Yeah. on one page you know <laughs> and, uh, from there like i say it was just off and running and you know you said earlier did everything i could do with the character what we built in yeah you know, we could have written 100 issues we could have done 100 yeah. issues you know like now it's baked into the concept and we kind of teased it a little bit right we did right, an yeah. issue where you meet the kryptonian version of hawkman and right yeah we introduced one that was in the microverse you know and there's a new gods hawkman so literally anywhere in the entire dcu yeah whether through time or whether across space yep Hawkman could have existed and there's a story to tell there and so yeah uh there's a lot we could still do if if, if uh if we were still doing it you know yeah do you do you feel like satisfied with the 29 issues or did you have more and you wish you could have went forward more? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that like with a, with a new series, mm -hmm. you never know how long it's going to go. Yeah, and I, yeah. I kind of always go in. I hope it's going to be 12. I really hope it's going to be 24. Yeah. And I, after that, in the modern era of comics, yeah. you know, 
anything after that is is a blessing, you know. So yeah. uh for me, you know, I did I think it's fifty seven issues of Exo Man of War. I did yeah. something issues of Green Lantern. Uh so I'm very I feel very fortunate that I've been able to have some of those long runs. Yeah. yeah. And you know, twenty nine issues for Hawkman historically is a very healthy run. Yeah, for Hawkman for, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Would I have liked to have hit fifty just to have a round number? Sure, but yeah, um, I'm happy ultimately with where we were able to leave the series. You know, yeah, we ended it the way we wanted to end it. Yeah, and when I sit down to do an ongoing series, I kind of know what the final issue will be. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much is going to be between the first issue and that. One. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the other question I had because you, there was a. Uh, a DC event that happened while you were writing this. And I always wonder as a writer, especially when you're kind of in the flow, you have your story. And then all of a sudden I think as you're the villain takes place. And then you kind of have to stop what you're doing a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like how Mm -hmm. much does that bother you? Or it just, it is what it is and you're used to it. You just got to figure out how to tie it all in. Yeah. So actually it happened with Hawkman twice back to back. Like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who's the other one? The other one was he got infected for some, I don't know something. I don't even remember. The infected, this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other one was he got infected along with Supergirl. Yeah, Sam, Blue Beetle, a couple <laughs> other characters, but Supergirl and Hawkman were the only two that had ongoing series. You know. Yeah. So and and the one came right in after the other one. They went one went right into the other. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it is disorienting, and it definitely throws you off track. Yeah. Um, but. You know, again, I remember as my issues of that were coming out and people reading them and saying, I don't understand how they were able to fit this in and make it feel like it's not an intrusion on the story. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a part of what it actually, what they planned all along when it is not what yeah. we planned all along. You, know? so, um, you do the best of those things that you can. Yeah. Um, like I say, I feel like I was able to make it fit with the concept of our series already, which speaks to kind of the versatility of the time and space concept, you know? Yeah. And when they threw that at me, I was like, well, how can I make this feel like it's part of the series that we're doing and not some big interruption, you know? And so we did that by introducing, uh, uh, you know, bringing in a couple of classic villains, you know, Shadow Man, and then Mm -hmm. also Gentleman Ghost for a beat. Mm -hmm. But then we also brought in the shade and established a relationship between Hawkman and the shade. And so we just some things there. And then with the whole infection, we were able to, You know, make it that he was sort of having his conscious, you know, overtaken by a, the Earth Three villainous version of himself. You know, and so <laughs> we were able to kind of work with the concept in that regard. Um, yeah. So yeah, those things aren't always the best, but uh, <laughs> it is part of working in a shared universe. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, you made a comment that you didn't grow up with comics. Um, when did you uh, pick up your first comic, Robert? Yeah, I was in my like mid to late twenties. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Astro City. Kirby CX Astro City was the first nice. comic that I read. Yeah. And I knew it. I always wanted to be a writer. Um uh, going back to elementary school. Okay. Uh, and I was in grad school getting my master's in creative writing for fiction and things, you know. And I'd published my first short story in a literary journal. Um but then I wrote my first comic and I decided I wanted to try to write comics, even though I knew nothing about the industry <laughs> in shape or form. Yeah. And so uh, I finished up grad school and I volunteered to work in the warehouse of a comic book publisher called Top Shelf Productions, which has gone on to do huge books. They're now an imprint of IDW. Mm-hmm. And I was the first employee that they ever hired. Nice. And it was while I was working there that I really kind of learned about 
the inside nuts and bolts of the industry, but also uh, did my first book, which was called The Surrogates. Yeah, I think that did pretty well too. Yeah, so I, I got really fortunate with that one, and yeah. that kind of was able to act as a resume piece for me going forward, and that was really kind of where my career started to take off. You know. Yeah, yeah. And was it after The Surrogates? Is that when you took over for Jeff Johns on The Green Lantern? After Surrogates was Exo Man of War and the Valiant. Oh, that's right. The Valiant. Then, uh, after yeah. Exo Man of War launched, then I went yeah. over to do. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, you're right. So let, let's talk about Valiant because that world that was created, I mean, there were so many awards that were given to Valiant during mm-hmm. your run of Exo Man of War and everything else that was taking place within that shared universe. And I, I think it created a, a very unique fan base because. Valiance, the world that they created, I thought was similar in some ways, but very different in other ways too. Um, you know, you I I don't know if you've if you feel the same way, but I feel like in DC and Marvel, right? You have you have certain characters that have these powers that are just, I mean, they're almost like gods, right? There's almost nothing you could do to them. Whereas at Valiant, I felt like they always there was a weakness that was always there, and uh it was more relatable because of that. Um and I don't know if that was driven more from your side or Valiant said, this is how we want our shared universe to look like. Yeah, I think some of that was baked into the original Valiant, you know, okay. which yeah. again, I didn't read. I wasn't reading comics back then, you know, yeah. but when um, when they first reached out to me about pitching on some of their titles, it was off having read the surrogates and really liking that, you know, yeah. I'll never forget the first phone call I have with Warren Simons, uh, who was the editor-in-chief mm. for all those early years at Valiant, and really kind of oversaw editorially a lot of the relaunch of all those characters. Um, my first call to him, I said, I'm be very honest with you. Not only have I never heard of any of those characters you just mentioned, I've never even heard of Valiant. I don't even know what that is. I didn't <laughs> know it was a company, like nothing. Yeah. And, he was like, that's perfect. You know, uh-huh. that's exactly what we want. You know, we want oh, some, cool. things and things like that, you know. Um, so that original core group of writers, which included me, Josh Dysart, Dwayne Straczynski on Bloodshot. Yeah. And Van Lente and Archer and Armstrong. Uh, we kind of came in. And I just remember Warren and Dinesh Shandasani talking about Valiant just being like world outside your window, you know. Mm, yeah. I think my background as a writer coming from fiction, mm-hmm. I always thought about character first yeah. you know, and yeah. the imperfections of people and things mm-hmm. like that. And so um, I don't remember there ever being anything they said to me about that so much as that kind of being just the way I'm geared anyways. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a really fun place to work and to kind of build and, you know, a big risk for value too. Right. I mean, they're here, they're going to launch this new universe and, you know, I did X Man of War number one, and for a month, that was going to be the only comic on the stands of this big relaunch. And in a lot of ways, I was virtually uh, unknown. You know, like yeah. I had the surrogates, which is kind of an indie hit, but mm-hmm. there weren't mainstream comic book fans that had any idea who I was. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, having Carrie Norton on the book definitely helped. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolute genius. Um, and I don't think anybody, yeah. anybody, would have said. That when Valiant launched with Exo Man of War number one, that I would have written 57 issues of it. Yeah. You know? um, so I, I'm very proud of that, you know. And, and yeah. uh, I did Eternal Warrior while I was there. We also did um, a couple of, uh, you know, Limewide events. We did Armor Hunters. We did. Yeah, Armor Hunters. Yeah. Really did a lot of stuff while I was there. And uh, 
you know, still proud of the work and I, I still get people talk to me about it to this day. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, Exo Man of War is such a unique character and, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to thinking critical a lot too. And I know, uh, talking to Wes, he's a big, big fan. And I heard your interview back and forth. He's a bigger fan than I am. That guy is just, he's a huge Exo Manafort, but I mean, it's such an amazing character in the world that was created. I think what you won publisher of the year, two, three years in a row, I think. I can't say I wasn't the publisher. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Armor but I mean, it was because of your writing, I think, Robert, right? Yeah, I know. Armor <laughs> Hunter, I mean, Josh Dysart's a genius, too. And what he was yeah. able to do with Harbinger was just absolutely fantastic. But yeah. um, I want to say that uh, Armor Hunters won some events, you know, best event of the year, some awards yeah. for that and things. Um, I can't really say. I don't really... I don't really, I don't know. Awards are, are weird, right? Because yeah, yeah. like, um, I played basketball growing up, you know, I was yeah. in school and I ran track and I ran cross country and all these kinds of things. Right. If I'm yeah. out there and I'm running cross country and I beat somebody else, like I beat somebody else, like the time right. is what it is. And I crossed yeah. the track before. There's no ambiguity here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, art isn't like that. Right. Like yeah. Writing art. None of it is like that. Right. Like yeah. somebody could say, that I'm the best writer in the world and somebody could say I'm the worst writer in the world. And they're both right. You know, it, yeah. it's all up to the, the person. Who, right. So like, I don't know. <laughs> words don't seem to make a ton of sense to me because it's just that one person's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah one, no, I get that one that. voting body, you know? So yeah. um, not that I uh, discredit, you know, yeah. awards or Pulitzer prizes or any of those kinds of things. I just, for me, Personally, it's not anything that drives me or that I strive yeah. for, you know. So I, I can't really say what what of that kind of stuff um, it won. I just know that it was a fun time to be there, you know, and, and uh, it was very much an environment where they were always throwing something at me, you know, like second <laughs> arc, you got to bring in Ninjak. And I was like, what the heck's a Ninjak? You know? <laughs> and like just the, the energy of it, you know, and being a yeah. speaker battleship and always adjusting the things and moving and everything it was it was really fun and i got to be good friends uh with those guys and still friends with a lot of them today and yeah you know a lot of them of course are a bad idea and i do a lot of work for them so yeah. you know the roots of that those relationships go back to valiant nexo so yeah no it was incredible I mean, live wire eternal i mean there's so many unique amazing characters and the way that you were able to bring them together and interact with one another they were so different um yeah. you know with their backgrounds and whatnot but man it just really worked and it worked for a long time so uh another great run too that uh, i think you have quite a few fans for i appreciate it yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's funny like i've only been like recognized at the airport like, I don't know, two or three <laughs> times in my life. And I don't mean like I'm flying to a convention and the convention's full of people going to the convention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, just I'm randomly at the airport and somebody was like, uh -huh. are you Robin Daddy? And uh, all, every time it's happened, it was somebody who was an Exo Man of War fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then we kind of jump into Green Lantern. And yeah. uh, man, uh, what a, another amazing run too, um, especially around... I mean, I became a really big Green Lantern Corpse fan um, during that time. Big John Stewart fan because he was my Green Lantern in my uh, um, Justice League. But uh, man, the development of those characters too, especially Hal Jordan and everything that that guy went through during your run was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do I start? You know, I think if you were to start reading my first issue of Green Lantern, which is Green Lantern number 21 mm -hmm. of the New 52, yeah, and I go all the way through issue fifty of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. 
Yeah. Once you add in annuals and things, it's something like 87, 86 issues, I think. Wow. You really see, I would hope, the evolution of me as a writer, not just Mm -hmm. learning how to write monthly comic books. Yeah. And not just learning how to write Green Lantern, which is a very sprawling, kind of continuity dense, you know, wing of the DCU. But also learning how to work inside the DC universe itself, you know. Yeah. And when they hired me to write uh, Green Lantern to follow up Jeff Johns, at that time, I think I'd written four issues of Demon Knights or something and like a yeah. handful of issues of Exomen of War. And that was the entirety of my monthly comic book work. You know? Oh, wow. And I was following Jeff Johns, who was chief creative officer of the company. Yeah. Had just done this hundred issue, you know, uh, defining run on the character, had invented yeah. a lot of the continuity and mythology. Yeah character still use it to this day yeah and of course i was not at that caliber you know what i'm saying i, yeah. I was i was a new writer you know right right well, i really got beat up in those early days but and i don't think the new 52 stuff is is my best work but i am enormously proud of the how joining the green lantern core things that i was able to do and the stories yeah. i told there and people always ask me you know what what would i go back and change or you know, related projects that didn't come out the way that I wanted. I wish I could do over. Yeah. For me, I don't think you can really look at it that way, you know, because it's like bricks in a wall. Yeah. And if not having the foundational bricks of Green Lantern number 21 of the new 52, yeah. I don't get to the wall that has Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps in it. You know, I yeah, can't go exactly. back and change those things. And, and, and I can't just be, and, and no writer is, you know, burst into this world fully formed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> writing the way they do on the first day, the way they would after 86 issues. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, there was a ton of criticism that came in, um, and I still get people to this day who, you know, hate my guts because of my <laughs> early Green Lantern stuff. That's fine. That's part of the job. You know yeah, 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 yeah. You can't uh, please everybody, right? Yeah, to me, um, I, I'm enormously proud of where I ended up with Green Lantern. You know, yeah. as you can see, I've got – Hanging on my wall back there, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the four horsemen right there, one of each, a splash page of each of them, you know. That's but, so uh, cool. Yeah, I'm enormously proud of it, and uh, uh, wouldn't have gotten there without the experiences working on the earlier things. You know. Yeah, yeah. Is there any stories that you wanted to tell with Green Lantern that you weren't able to tell? Yeah, there was. It's funny. There was a lot of things I wanted to do that I I didn't. Yeah. Uh. Some of them I, I pitched and I was told I couldn't do them. Okay. And some of those ones that I was told I couldn't do have since gone on to have been done, you know, <laughs> which isn't me saying that other writers stole yeah, my yeah, ideas but... or whatever. It's just they came yeah. to the same conclusion and they got greenlit and I didn't. <laughs> um, Later on, they're like, wait, that was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know if they know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I would never accuse anybody of that. For but, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, there are also ideas that I had um, for all the books I've worked on yeah. that I could have kept doing. You know, like I say, I kind of know where a book's going to begin and where a book's going to end. Yeah. I don't know what's going to go in the middle, right? You're I had right. no idea how the Green Lantern Corps was going to go 51 issues in yeah. the modern era of comics. That's crazy. <laughs> and like in the, and then the, people forget, but in that time with Rebirth, those were all twice a month. And so yeah. I'm the only writer from that whole Rebirth era that wrote every single issue. Wow. Every comic book of that entire run and every single one shipped on time. 51 wow. issues zero, right? That's amazing. So, <laughs> that's yeah, impressive. To me, yeah, to me, that's, uh, that's a huge feather in my cap. And so, yeah, um, yeah there was other stuff I could have done. 
but there's always more stuff you can do. It's yeah. just a matter of when it, it's going to end and are you able to end it the way you want to end it? You know, yeah. same with Exo Man of War. There were more Exo Man of War stories I could have done too. Mm -hmm. that I, we already had ideas for them. We'd already talked about. And yeah. if you go back and read that, you know, I, if I went back and read it with you, I'd be like that right there is a thread that I could have used. That was a thread I could have used. That was a thread I was going to use. And I kind of put them in there in a way that if they never get used, it doesn't feel like you were left hanging. Yeah, yeah. But if I do use them, you're like, oh man, he did that all the way back when, you know. And so yeah. that's kind of how I try to structure those kind of ongoing series. You know? Yeah, yeah. Do you, as a writer, especially with the experience and all the different titles at DC that you've touched now, um, do you kind of pay attention where writers today are at within those titles that you touched before, just to see where continuity has continued yeah. to go, or just that's way too much work and. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I, I mean, there's always a chance that yeah. you could go back to one of those books, and even yeah. if it's just a few, like, four or five issues. I didn't know, as a writer, if that's something that you kind of stay close to since you do work with DC uh, once in a while. No, no it's really not. And it's, yeah. it's, it's obviously nothing towards new creative teams. That yeah, I have, no. Will I'm not sure anybody does that, by the way. I, yeah. yeah, if you spend, you know, yeah. five years staring at Exo Man of War and thinking about Exo Man of War all the time. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to thinking about something else. Probably, know? yeah. And if yeah. it were to come back around that I were to write those characters again for some reason, Green Lantern, Exo, whatever, yeah. I could go back and read what happened in between. For sure. Yeah, but yeah. more me, it's more about that job is done now. I'm on to new challenges. Yeah. What are the new things that I want to go take a look at? So I have no idea what's happening with Hawkman or Green Lantern or Exo Man of War or yeah. any of those kinds of things, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I know as a, a fan, right, we, uh, especially with Green Lantern, I do enjoy Green Lantern quite a bit. And there's been a very dry spell with Green Lantern over the last couple of years, just because it, it hasn't really been touched um, until just recently when Jeremy Adams was um, brought mm -hmm. on to write um, the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. And then... Uh, What's his name? Kennedy uh, Johnson has been brought on, Philip, to uh, do the uh, John Stewart War Journal. So mm -hmm. we had this gap of like over a year where like we might get a one shot of Green Lantern, but there's been nothing like a year, maybe a year and a half. And so, uh, you know, I obviously we noticed that more as a fan of the comic book sure. than you yeah. probably would. But well, after there, has there been... was the Grant Morrison run. And then after the Grant Morrison run, there was another run that. Um... Mm -hmm. And then we had a gap for probably. Okay. I don't know how long, but yeah, it was a, a little bit of a gap there. And all of us, because we have a Reddit for Green Lantern fans, we're like, man, when's something coming with Green Lantern? And then we heard Jeremy Adams and then Philip Kennedy Johnson came on and now everyone feels real comfortable. And now there's a TV series coming out on HBO uh, with yeah. James Gunn. Yeah. And now we're getting more Green Lantern than I think we've ever had in our life. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's just kind of neat to, to see that the character has been picked up again and being uh, you know written again as it should be. Because I, I feel like Green Lantern in the lore of you know the justice league is such an important uh part of that that uh, for dc yeah. not to have anything happening i don't know it kind of hurts as a dc fan <laughs> <laughs> so then uh robert we get into some of the newer stuff that you're doing and the reason i really reached out to you is because i picked this up yeah and uh man i, I picked it up i read the first issue and i'm like holy crap man and then i got the second issue i'm like man robert you're I, I hope you have something up your sleeve, man, because you're not going to have much to write about here pretty soon. I don't want to give everything away. I think people should yeah. go out there and read it. But uh, 
yeah, it's not looking good for some of the <laughs> the characters that you had. Yeah, we wanted to do uh, the book's called Savage Squad Six, and I wrote it with uh, one of my best friends named Brockton McKinney. We're really really close. It's a story yeah. we've talked about doing forever. We wanted to do something that really kind of harkened back to like an eighties nineties action movie aesthetic, you know, um, predator type film, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And um, I think that we love all the characters we created, yeah. but we didn't want to be protective of those characters uh, to where we didn't do what would make for the best story. You know what I'm trying to gotcha. say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of always the way you have to be. You know, they always say, kill your yeah. darlings. Yeah. Um, I don't ever do it uh, pointlessly or for shock value, you know? Right. But, yeah. um, I don't ever shy away from it if it's what's best for the story, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so um, the concept of the book is uh, there's a team set in the near future of uh, women mercenaries who are dropped off into the uh, Chernobyl exclusion zone, which is the area where the Chernobyl reactor meltdown happened. Mm -hmm. and they're going in there to extract uh, nuclear fuel rods uh, from the old power plant. And while they're there, they end up encountering something uh, that's hunting them across the terrain. And the idea came out of something that uh, my daughter told me about when she was younger. She saw something in school about um, how much nature had reclaimed that area. Because oh. it's like this one place on earth where humanity cannot go because it's yeah. evil. And so the wildlife is taken back over and it's like a in its own way, it's like it's like a safety wildlife preserve. That's awesome. Because people can't go there and ruin it for animals, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the idea kind of was born out of that, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. There's so much action and fighting in it. I absolutely loved it. Um and uh yeah, I just we just got I think issue three, what a week ago. Yeah, so, or I think comes out in another week or two, and then that'll be the end of, the, of that first of that run of the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that what you're working on moving forward? You're going to have quite a few uh, creator projects that you have kind of up your sleeve? Uh, yeah, some. You know, like I, I obviously um, Wesley Dodd's Sandman launched from DC Today. And I then, saw that, yeah. Yeah, we announced a new Superman 78 series that launches next month. Yeah. So, you know, I've got some projects I'm doing at DC. I've got... A lot of projects I'm doing for Bad Idea. I've got three miniseries I'm doing for them that are completely written. Oh, really? We're talking about doing a few more. Um, you know, so I, I try to keep busy with a lot of different projects and things. And I do like to do creator own, but I do like to work in the shared universes as well. It's kind of like flexing different kinds of muscles, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Creatively, if it's a creator own book, you can do whatever you want. That's one kind of creativity. Yeah. But if you're working in a shared universe and you're beholden to the rules of that universe and event tie-ins and every other yeah. thing, that's another kind of creativity because now you have constraints put on you and you have to work within those constraints. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll lead you down creative paths that never would have existed if the if the constraints didn't exist to begin yeah. with. You know? So uh, I like doing both. And you know I've got a, a fair number of things uh, I'm working on. I'm trying to think in my head how many projects, one, two, three, <laughs> seven. I mean, there's only over 10 things I'm working on right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think only three of them have been announced. So. Oh, really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And when you look at like um, DC or actually any universe, is there a character that you feel like would be the perfect fit for you to write, but you've never had the opportunity to write it yet? Yeah. I mean, Superman was always my, yeah. my, Mount Everest, you know, yeah. I, I said earlier, I didn't grow up reading comics. You can check that box, can't you? Yeah, I did watch <laughs> the, 
know, Christopher Reeve films growing up. And so yeah. to be able to do the Superman 78 stories with that particular version of Superman is, is huge. Yeah. Um, I would always love to do more Superman. The JSA characters I love, I would love to do a JSA book or like I'm doing with the Wesley Dodds miniseries, do one for Our Man, do one for Wildcat, you know, really do some stories with some of those characters. Um, I'm, I'm not a big Bat family, uh-huh. you know, but I, I do like Nightwing. Yeah. It's kind of like the Superman of the Bat family yeah. in the sense that he's hopeful and bright and all those kinds of things. And so I would like to do Nightwing someday. Um, those I think would be the ones that come to mind the most. Yeah. 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 Now, as far as how long you've been working with DC for how long now, Robert, off and on? Because you've written so many different titles to them. It's got to be close to 10 years. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't remember, I don't remember when my first issue of Demon Knights came out, but I want to say it was 2013. 2013 yeah yeah, yeah. So it's be 10 years yeah what an amazing uh career in uh such an amazing universe too yeah that's a long time yeah i i, I think i've written over 330 things now yeah you know, which is crazy I, I remember you know being younger and, and wanting to be a writer and um saying to myself if i could just publish one thing one time with yeah. my name on it I'll know that I did it and then I'll, you know, go work construction like my dad did or sure. you know, whatever, you know? Um, so to be able to do it for as long as I have, um, I don't take any of it for granted and to still be working on the cra- the characters that I do. And, you know, I, I had a book turned into a film and, yeah. uh, you know, I've, my books have been New York times bestsellers and like yeah. all these possible things that are just complete, absurd <laughs> events that I, I never thought would happen you know but I, and i don't ever get old i don't feel like i deserve it anyone anybody else does and yeah i don't ever take it for granted and, and or any of those kinds of things you know every day is a gift and so yeah. uh, i feel very blessed to be able to still be doing it and to still have people that want me to talk to them on their show yeah. or want me to sign a book for them in a comic yeah. book or whatever like um yeah I, it, it doesn't get old you know yeah, so, yeah. no it's it's amazing and you know, from a, a reader standpoint, right? I, I think a lot of us go to comic books just to kind of escape, and that's not a negative, right? I, there's good things we want to escape from too, right? Yeah. Uh, but it is an escape, and we want to get lost in another world. And when you find a writer that could make you forget what happened the last 20 minutes because you were really into that issue, I mean, it's it's pretty special. And and so uh, I know you've done that for me, and you've done that for a lot of others, and. And so yeah. I'm super uh, excited to have had the opportunity to talk to you about everything that you're working on, Robert. As far as uh, like where you're going to be, uh, are you still pretty active on the Comic Cons? I see you on Instagram and stuff, and I know you do some travel. Do you have like yeah. a set like ones that you're going to be at for the remainder of the year that people could? Yeah, find you? so I've only got two left. I think I've done four or five this year. And I've okay. Got two so I'm going to be at NC Comic Con in, in Durham, North Carolina, uh, okay. the first weekend in November. Okay. Well, I'll be at GalaxyCon Columbus uh, in Columbus, Ohio, the first weekend of uh, December. Oh, okay. And that'll be my last show for the year. And uh, then I'll start building out where I'm going to go next year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times did you get to the West Coast, Robert? When's the last time I was out there? Did you do, you didn't, did you do San Diego, um, San Diego this time? I haven't. Yeah. So I did wow. it 16 years in a row. Oh, that's a long time though. <laughs> and then the COVID year, obviously I didn't do it. That yeah. broke the streak. Yeah. I didn't think they'd have it in 2021. Uh, yeah. 
Or maybe they didn't have it in 2021. I don't think they did. I think 2022. Virtual, they had right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was I didn't think weird. they'd have it in 2022, but they did. That one kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, so I didn't make plans to go. And then this year, you know, I just had family vacations and things I was doing. And yeah, yeah. You know, I just kind of decided to stay home. But I would like to get back out there. I don't think I've been. I don't know. I haven't been west of the Mississippi for a comic convention in <laughs> a while. Huh? Signings since, since before COVID. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'd love to see you in San Diego. Um, I went just one day this year. Um, but uh, is that where you're at? You're out that way? Yeah. I live in Southern California. I live near Palm Springs. So okay. San Diego is only about an hour and 45 minutes from our house. I actually okay. work down there. Um, oh, I work wow. inside my house, but our office is in San Diego. So okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of comic book stores. It's a pretty cool area to grow up. Yeah, I love the city. Yeah, yeah. I used to have every year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, we could definitely got to get you back out here next year, yeah. uh, Robert. <laughs> well, Robert, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Huge fan. Would love to have you back on in the, in the future as you come out with these other seven items that uh, sure, are yeah. done, but you can't talk about yet. Yeah. I can't wait to see them. Anytime you come out with something, I always look for it um, because I, I do think you're one of the better writers out there. And I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, check out the Sandman book and hope you like it. Oh, uh, I'm enjoying Savage Squad 6 and, uh, you know, appreciate you taking the time and having me on. Absolutely, Robert. Thanks again so much. Really appreciate you. Yep. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.